Today's guest is the lead vocalist, the screamer of the band Convictions. I just found out about him not too long ago during this time of COVID and, you know, just been following following them uh, ever since. And this dude, man, he's a cool down-to-earth dude and we talk about childhood, we talk about how he got into screaming and a bunch of other things. So here he is, Mike Felker. It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith, it's my work ethic, it's my drive, it's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. Okay, so you're so you you so you have a job on side of making music? Oh yeah. Yeah, especially with the pandemic. We've been all like in the band, we've all been working like double time. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's crazy, but it's cool that you guys kind of came together, you know, and actually, um, that's how I've heard of you guys is because of the pandemic and I watch, um, reactions and stuff on YouTube. Okay. And so there's a, a Canadian guy, his name's Orion and he does a lot of metalcore reaction. He's, he does, he does a lot of convictions songs. Yeah. Um, I actually, you, um, you had him on your show, yeah. I believe. Yeah. 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 I was looking through some of your, uh, your catalog. Um, yeah, he's like one of the more prominent, uh, like reaction videos. I feel like we've been getting, or at least, um, uh, that's been showing up in our feed. Uh, he's been killing it. And, uh, you know, to go along with, uh, the pandemic, I think, uh, I guess like an interesting talking point is, uh, how because a lot of people haven't been working or they've been uh like quarantined um these creative projects have just been like blossoming all over so there's been a lot of really cool youtubers um you know like him and, and others that have uh gotten involved with our work so it's it's been i guess some blessings in disguises let's take a break for a second i want to talk to you all about strong tower nutrition real quick so right now at stnutrition.com, we're running a clearance sale where you could get up to 50% off products. We're trying to clean house and just restart and restock and get things out. And remember, if you spend over $25, you get free shipping and go to stnutrition.com and check it out. What I think the song was The Price of Grace is that the first one I've ever heard from you guys. Okay. And dude, it brought me to tears because wow. it made me think of like, if that was my brother, you know what I mean? Cause me and my yeah. brother are like best friends. Same. Same. Yeah. That, um, that whole process of putting that song together is really interesting and, um, difficult because it's a true story. I, I don't know if you, uh, if you followed, uh, any of the, uh, like more recent posts we've done about the, uh, the record is, uh, we wrote all the songs based on like true stories. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that song was written, uh, about a buddy of ours, uh, CJ and Travis. And it's, uh, we interviewed CJ directly on, uh, how he handled grief throughout, uh, losing his brother. Well, his best friend, brother, same thing really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, um, that was probably one of the strongest reactions we've ever had off a song. Really? Like it really took us by surprise. Yeah. So 
what were your emotions kind of like going through that? Because like, it's like, um, you're writing a song about someone else's life and how they felt, you know what I mean? So like, you want to make sure you do it justice. So how do you feel, how do you feel like, um, putting your emotions and trying to make sure that you do that, those emotions justice? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so originally when we were putting this together, uh, this record, uh, it started with this song called hurricane and this was my like first, I want to say it was like my first time, uh, writing a song that wasn't from my own perspective. Cause at like this point in, uh, our band's history, like I felt like I just about written about it, everything I could about my, you know, like without it being forced or maybe uninspired. Uh, so I began writing about like other people. Uh, and so it started with hurricane and then, you know, learning how to like conduct a, a proper interview and to try and pull out, uh, like real and raw emotions that you can build off of, uh, I think was a big learning curve. Um, so going into the price of grace, um, that was really touchy. You know, we didn't want to, you know, like say the wrong thing, you know, or like maybe, um, you know, provoke an emotion that would be, you know, really traumatic, you know, cause it's, it is, it's, you know, suicide is no joke. Um, and, and going into the writing process was tricky cause it was like, for me, I, uh, you know, I, I'm a busy guy, (laughs) but like, when it comes to writing, you know, it's like, if I have a free moment, it's like, let's just get it done. Like, I'm just like, I like to be like, kind of like a workhorse, you know? And, uh, with writing a song like that, it was, it was challenging. Cause I wanted just to like hammer it all out. Like if I had a weekend off work or something, you know, and it, that's not something you can really do with something like that. You know, you got to really pay attention to, you know, the emotions and the content and, with writing like, you know, like something like this, like I just knew it needed more time and I didn't want to force it. And and I think that was probably one of the more challenging things is just kind of being okay with like unfinished work and coming back to it when the time is right. I think. So what did they think of the song? The, the bandmates, the, the, uh, the guy, uh, CJ. Um, it, it was challenging. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep going back to like the same phrasing, but, um, you know, it's not something to be like, yo dude, check this out, bro. You know, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I didn't really know how to, uh, communicate that to him. Uh, I think we had the song like mastered and back in our hands by like Christmas of last year. And I was like, maybe I should give it to him now. But then I was like, no, like that's not really, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's like a, it's a good thing. It's a cathartic yeah. and like therapeutic thing. Yeah. And, and that was the big takeaway for CJ. You know, he was like, this really helped me, you know, kind of let go and him, you know, work through some of, you know, these difficult emotions. But in his words, he said, you know, it's not something he's just going to put on every day. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. You know, so um, it, it's, it's interesting, but I I actually recently got got in touch with him and we talked for a bit and um it was really great you know like just hearing how we were able to work with each other and kind of play off of um 
you know, lyrics and, and stories, you know, like good memories playing off of that and, uh, and just kind of, uh, appreciating the, the friendship and, uh, getting to know, uh, Travis, uh, you know, while he was here, like I, I, you know, I only knew him for a short period, but, um, hearing CJ's, you know, backstories and, uh, memories is really great. And, uh, the, uh, the whole experience is like really a big growing process, I think for all of us involved. And it's cool to come together and write a song too, because like you always have a process that you, you guys remember, you know what I mean? Especially writing like a good song that becomes something. Um, yeah. Like I saw the YouTube video when you talked to that, that veteran. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause you wrote that song. Um, like each song has a specific experience. And I think that's one of the coolest things to take away from and, and how it helps other people. You know, other people have been in the yeah. same situations and they hear that song and they can really relate to it and it, it draws them to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, it's really special. I mean, music is a is such a powerful tool, uh, you know, our thing. And uh, to, to have the opportunity to, to uh, hopefully help somebody is like incredible. And uh, it gives a, a whole new purpose of why we love playing music. Yeah, I, I think mean, that was I think that was a big goal with uh, the new record was to try and tell other people's stories and kind of bridge people together who have experienced terrible things and kind of build off that build a positive uh, community, I guess, uh, and a message. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know that's one thing for me. You know, uh, like I don't know. I know you're a Christian, right? Yeah, the whole band. The whole band. Okay. Uh, all of us in the band are, yeah, like we we claim Christ in our music. Like there's no, yeah, there's no hiding that. Yeah. And I know that's one thing that draws me in church is the music. Because, yeah, the message is nice and everything like that, but nothing hits me harder than the music. You know, when I was in youth group, when we were going to camp and stuff like that, and the music would just hit me in my heart and just grab me harder and tighter than anything else would. Yeah. I, I definitely relate to that growing up, uh, finding almost like finding your identity, mm. you know, like that's how, that's how it was for me, especially with like being bullied or maybe feeling like an outcast or like you just don't fit in. Yeah. And then for me gravitating towards like alternative music or metal, uh, was really a part of, I think shaping a lot of my identity. Yeah. So you were kind of always into like uh, the hardcore, like metal stuff. Yeah. I mean, at a younger age, like I just really wasn't aware of it, you know, like uh, elementary and stuff. It was mostly like just what I heard on the radio or MTV. Uh, but um, yeah, like kind of like going through like Lincoln Park, you know, or maybe yeah, yeah. POD and stuff. like. And I'm like, man, like this just hits different. Or like Limp Biscuit was a big one for me. Just under like, the electric guitar and like how uh West Borland guitar player with biscuit, like he the way he made it sound, I remember like staying up uh like real late uh in, in my bunk bed, just like I think there was like a lava lamp or something in the corner of the room. I just remember like staring at it and just waiting for that song to uh Roland to come back on, on the radio just so I could hear like I was like, what is that? Like that just sounds crazy. Like falling in love with guitar music, heavy music was like right around the corner. 
So what was like your, so like, let's say like starting middle school, like growing up into high school, what was kind of like your core group that you hung out with? Like, uh, definitely the weird kids for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean a bit of everything. I don't know. Like I wasn't like a jock or anything. I didn't play mm-hmm. sports. Um, I I've always been a skateboarder. Like even since elementary school, like I, I just love skateboarding and skateboard culture. Uh, so definitely like, I don't know if you're going to put it in like clicks, like skater kids, emo kids, um, man, there's so many different kids I'd hang out with, like, uh, from new metal <laughs> to emo to jocks. I don't know. I was kind of all over the place, but mostly yeah, like skateboard culture, I would say. Yeah. I think I was pretty much the same, but then I got kind of lost in myself. Like, I can't be part of this clip because I like basketball. Like, I can't yeah. be with my skate friends because I want to go play basketball. So I got to hang out with the basketball friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, I kind of like, kind of lost myself. And, um, you know, I always wanted to be different. Even with my, my skate friends, they all skateboarded. I picked up inline skating. Okay. So I got real big into that. And then we all kind of transitioned to music. And I was like, I don't play an instrument. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, so, uh, like yourself, I, I started screaming. Like, that's all I knew how to do. I don't even know how I figured out how to do it. <laughs> but I remember my dad coming up to youth group one time. And we were just messing around playing and jamming. And um, he heard me screaming. And he just, like, his eyes got all big. And he just turned around and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you oh, kind of get into like the, the screaming portion of things? Yeah. So like you, um, I, I couldn't play anything. Uh, I, I remember like really early on, I would be bullied by these uh, older skate guys, uh, these older skaters. And, uh, man, they were, some of these guys were really mean, but like in a weird way, like I looked up to them almost like an older yeah. brother, maybe, you know, like that kind of like, um, I don't know, just like macho, I don't know, but I would hang out with those guys and man, they would bully me, like sometimes beat me up, mess with my food, like, but I was always skating with them because I had no other skate friends. And I remember one of them, uh, he was, (laughs) it's so funny to think like he was like maybe 15 and in my mind, this dude's like 36, like when I was a kid, like he just seemed so old and like experienced and stuff. but. He, um, I remember he was just like, yeah, I'm going to start a band. Like, you know, I play drums. He's like, Tom, he's like pointing to like, uh, our friends. And he was like, yeah, like Tom, you'll play guitar. Uh, Sean, you can play, uh, bass. And then he was like looking around for a singer. And I was like one of the last people in the room. And he just like points at me. He's like, Mike, you'll be the lead singer. Like, you just got the look. I don't know. And for him to like, look at me like that, like, cause I felt like dirt. Like I was just like. I was always down on myself as a kid yeah. and somebody that bullied me somehow, like maybe envied me in a way. Cause like, trust me, like these dudes like were pretty good at skating, but I was like light years ahead of them. Like, I don't even care if that sounds ter- like makes me sound terrible. But, like I was so good at skating and like, I felt like they hated me for that. So maybe I was like, bullying. Yeah. but like, <laughs> um, for him to like, look at me and be like, yeah, like you're, you're actually pretty awesome. Like you'd be a cool singer or something. Uh, kind of maybe it was the, one of the early seeds. Um, but I think I was like, I must've been like years down the road, like, uh, 
hanging out with my brother a lot and we would he was always spending the night and we would like goof off a lot and we were freestyle rapping of all things uh <laughs> and uh it was like this goofy super mario brothers beat and i couldn't keep up and like i found the rhythm finally and then when i did i like yelled and it was like really loud it was like a like yeah. it just like echoed in the room and i was like oh my gosh like i was like whoa like that was really loud like yeah. and then like, he looked at me funny and i got like i was like what was that and then i was like oh my gosh like i can yell really loud um and, and him and i were listening to slipknot a lot at that time oh, yeah, so like same. i was getting i was already like kind of on my way with metal and he was like obsessed with slipknot uh so <laughs> uh it was and he played drums so it was just kind of and my brother played guitar so it was just like this whole like the wheels started turning and i was like i think i might be able to do this and like i want to do this like i've kind of always had this idea so kind of ran from there it's, it's so crazy to think about like the stuff we had to go through to get to where we are now oh yeah you know what i mean ongoing like, ongoing <laughs> oh my gosh man and it was crazy because like from when i went to middle school you know, all my friends were skater kids, you know, I had, I went to a Christian school, so, and there was a public school, like, right across this field, okay. and, and they would all come to Wednesday night church across this field, and they were all, like, goth kids and stuff, so I hung out with all these guys, Oh wow! and then I went to high school, and it was complete opposite, I was a skater, <laughs> I was a skater kid into mm. this sports school, um, very sports heavy, very, uh, jock and preppy kind of heavy and stuff like that and then i just kind of find myself and just been like dude why can't we just do everything yeah why do we have to do one thing yeah it's interesting you say that um you're kind of like in all these groups like i feel like i was a lot like that like kind of like this weird glue between like popular kids like and then like maybe kids that were bullied but like they liked really cool music and they're in my metals class or like uh yeah it was just like all these different people and i was just kind of like i knew a little bit of everybody like maybe not the most charismatic person but definitely not like a quiet sit in the corner person so yeah i can definitely relate to that it's funny that you mentioned your you went to a christian school and you had a public cross street because mm -hmm. i grew up in a non-christian home and i lived in a house that was across the street from actually a catholic school and i had some friends that went there and I was always asking my parents, like, what's going on over there? Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, and, and I was really interested in it. And I, I think a few times I was like, can we go? Like, I think it would be cool. Like, yeah. it seems like this would be a good thing. And uh, my parents are just like, oh, like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. we're, like, you don't want that. Um, so maybe like not being able to go made me want to like, learn about jesus and like pursue that and i think that kind of helped i don't know make me rebel against non-christian right. <laughs> like, which is so backwards yeah you rebelled backwards right yeah that's funny that you mentioned that though yeah. it's like uh opposite ends of the train tracks or something so um talk a little more about that is like what kind of brought you to the whole christian faith in the first place uh so as i mentioned I, I didn't really grow up in a in a christian home mm -hmm. um my parents are lovely great people i'm very close to my family uh but uh 
it wasn't until uh, my like earlier teen years, uh, my parents, they had split and my dad had started taking us to uh, this church called Cedar Creek. And I must have been thir- between like 13 to 15 where I was going with them and I, I didn't really understand it. And I was kind of making a joke of it. Uh, but I love the music. They actually played really, <laughs> they do like Lincoln park and like Evanescence covers at this church. Like they, Oh wow. They're, yeah. They're pretty hardcore. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, uh, I was like, man, like this is so like, it seems corny, but this, this is sweet. Like it's like a big production. There's like, they're playing really cool music. Everybody there seems really nice. And like, I was like, always like into the idea, but I didn't really understand it. Uh, and then uh, I eventually was like on board with it, but uh, it wasn't until I was like 19 where I completely rejected it. I was like, no, like I got it all figured out. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not into this. I don't believe in God. Like I'm going to go and try and like argue with people and try and debunk their faith. Like I was like hardcore, like trying to like uh, get in theological debates with people. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny to think that's, that's how I was back then. Um, but, uh, I, I was 19. I had gone through a big breakup. Uh, you know, I was fresh out of high school, like dropped out of college. It was like a really big transitional period. And like, I had gone through some really tough suicidal tendency trials and it was a pretty dark place for me. Um, and I didn't believe in God and it was like kind of at that crossroads where it was like, I don't think, you know, medication, uh, therapists, like none of this stuff's really going to help. And I, I kind of came to the idea of, uh, approaching God as like a last resort, like whatever, I don't believe in this. So like, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would say like within that year, uh, I ended up like accepting, uh, Jesus, and uh quickly like things really picked up for me it was really great like uh i think god was just kind of saying like if you if you follow me like i'll show you great things and a lot of my like heart was with music and uh convictions was like right on the phone like a few years later it was pretty cool like not maybe even like i must have been like 22 or so like i think when i got the call so yeah it was like a two year period so did the band go through the whole like, oh, we're gonna um we're gonna we're Christians, but we're not playing we're not a Christian band or uh you know, cause that's what kind of like NF does. Okay. Or Lecrae. Like they're the rappers and they're Christian, but their music they don't call themselves a Christian rapper. They're just rappers. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know that. I, I'm I know who NF is. I knew he was Christian, but I didn't know yeah. like that's how he labeled himself. Yeah. Uh, as far as convictions, no, like we were pretty upfront with it. Like, yeah, we're a Christian band. Uh, I feel like if we're going to say we're Christians and we're making Christian music, pe- like people will find out and they'll know. And like, if they're going to come to that conclusion, you might, I might as well be upfront with it. And I think being Christian isn't really something to kind of like, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's just kind of like in the background, like, no, like you're, like run with it you know 
Yeah, it's just because you see these Christian, the Christian bands of the past when it was like a real big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like Under Oath, you saw what happened with them. A lot of guys yeah. like turn from their faith and stuff. Um, Devil Wears Prada uh, and stuff like that. But my biggest, um, my most favorite band was For Today, and which is why okay, I yeah. love your cover. You know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah, dude. And like when I saw them uh, in person, because I usually see shows in Philly because Delaware doesn't really have anywhere. Yeah. Um, so we go to Philly a lot and we saw them, me and my brother saw them live and dude, it was just a whole like another experience. Is that something that you guys do? Do you preach kind of at all or? Uh, I, I don't know if preach is the right word. Okay. Uh, no, but we, we always take a second out of our show. Uh, no matter what, like it's, at least three minutes or so, uh, like almost like one whole song, I would say like in our set, uh, just to kind of drop everything and just, I'll just talk one-on-one with the audience. Like a lot of times I won't even use the mic, uh, just try and be as personal and transparent. Uh, my goal is just to share, uh, like our message, uh, which, you know, is that we, we do believe in God. Uh, we believe like, uh, people's lives have uh, meaning and that like if they're struggling uh, a lot of times at these shows it's it's younger people that may have uh, gone through some type of trauma or they're feeling isolated or marginalized or hopefully not but sometimes suicidal uh, and I feel like God would want us to take advantage of that opportunity to try and shed some light um, on hope and, and that's not necessarily like I'm trying to sell you my faith like sneak in a little back door like oh, so now subscribe to my you know my beliefs like subscribe to our faith like we got gotcha. you no right. it's not really necessarily right. about that mm-hmm. it's more so just reaching people with what i think god would want you know people to hear uh and that's like the good news like it's not necessarily you know fire and brimstone for us it's more so just being down to earth i think and trying to be at eye level and, and transparent with our beliefs but also open-hearted and open-minded to the audience. So a lot of times we're doing secular, I would say the majority of the time we're, we're in front of a secular audience. Yeah. I think a lot of times that that's what it tends to be. I know one time, uh, my friends had started a band and they, they played a show at this local spot called the Grange. And so when they came out, you know, they huddled and prayed together. Mm-hmm. that's all it took for the booze to start flying in and like, God's <laughs> not real and F God and stuff. I was like, what the oh, wow. going? I was, I remember standing there with my youth pastor and I looked at him and I was just, wow. um, I wanted that's to tough. fight. Yeah. I wanted to fight everyone. He was like, dude, he was like, this is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll, we do that too. Like we'll pray before we go on like off stage and we'll do a quick, like little huddle, like, you talked about on stage, but never have I had like, like people physically, you know, like upset or, or booing. That's, that's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. Have you ever had any hate or anything or like people will call it uh, devil music, you know, like Christians themselves will dislike your music. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, t- honestly, like the most backlash I think we've, we really ever get is not 
uh, from the secular audience, but it's from other Christians, yeah. uh, which is ironic. Right. And I think that says a lot. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's mostly just uh, from, uh, you know, like certain perspectives, uh, you know, maybe they don't agree with how we're doing it. Like you said, like with the music, the way it sounds, that's a, that's a, that's an easy one. Yeah. There's a lot of like Christians that are like, there's just no way, like you can't be talking about God and have your music be in the diminished chord, you know, like it's so silly, like, or whatever, like they're not saying like technical music terms, but they're just saying the way it sounds like yeah. it sounds demonic. So it can't be Christian. And that's, I, I don't understand that. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's kind of funny. Like there's just like, if you play just one note, just a little up or a little down then yeah. like, Oh, that's demonic. Or, or if, if you come in screaming. Yeah, yeah. If you're just a little louder and a little raspier than you normally would, then there's something sinister here <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny yeah i mean one time so my wife and i were uh baptized we're like a week apart or the same day i can't remember yeah but her family was mostly catholic so they came okay. and i grew up in a um baptist church okay um so you know they have all their beliefs and stuff like that and they came to support their daughter and um, they didn't really support the act, but it was funny how they came in and like my nieces and nephews were asking, like, are they going to play those drums? Like they're going to like bang on them. I was like, yeah, are they going to play those guitars? I was like, yeah, I was like, that's the craziest thing. I never, I never thought that'd be such a weird question, but it was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, from my perspective, I'm, relatively new uh <laughs> born again you know or uh you know i've only been into this since 2019 i oh, didn't grow wow, up okay. with this so yeah. uh, my experience has just been non-denominational yeah. so right yeah uh pretty you know uh simple <laughs> so like yeah. when things get really that's like where, yeah that's where deep, i'm at now yeah yeah like deep traditional perspectives and stuff like that i get sometimes i can get thrown off too yeah um especially like catholicism and and all the different groups and i don't know where to yeah, you know lot. like where people lie and what the you know <laughs> yeah it's a lot i mean yeah so i honestly struggle with calling myself a christian because i find it harder to um talk to people about my faith because you know like i work with a guy that's an atheist right okay. and you know we have interest in different things like similar things right yeah except for um politics religion and all the other stuff so he i don't know like i just don't want to say like oh i'm a christian so here's what i believe because then that kind of that kind of Already, like black and white. Yeah, he kind of makes his mind up already. Mm -hmm. And he won't listen to what I have to say. So what I do is I just lead by example. I was just going to say that, yeah. And that's really all I think you can do. You know, I'm not someone that I don't like just shoving it in people's face. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's really anything wrong with being like, this is who I am and this is what I believe. And, right. you know, and I stand by that. Mm -hmm. Uh but I think it, like, I agree with like, and I, I think what you're saying is like really in line with 
I think what convictions is doing is just, um, just being like down to earth at eye level, you know, like one-to-one, um, real really. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I know that's how, uh, you know, Jesus lived, uh, you know, the people that he would spend his time with and, yeah. and, and, uh, love on. So I don't think there's, I think you're, I don't think there's really anything wrong with how you, you view, you know, your coworker. Right. I think that's, that's right. great. Um, what's been like some of the struggles either with you or with the band during this whole pandemic? Uh, so right off the, right off the rip, uh, hardest part is, uh, we're all, we all live in different States. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm here in Ohio. Uh, we got a guy in Colorado, Arizona, Indiana. Wow. So we're all split up. So putting this record together, we did this all through COVID. Well, the ma- the majority of it, I would say all but like one song uh, done throughout COVID. So it was really uh, navigating the writing process, uh, lyrics, you know, if there's something that was left un- untouched. Guy over here, did you get that? Are you good with that? You know, there's a lot of, <laughs> instead of just sitting in a room and jamming it out, you know, that's, that's for sure one of the hardest parts. Yeah, just being really... Uh, adamant about writing and and getting everything the way we needed before we went to the studio and then being in the studio that was that was great <laughs> but yeah i think communication for sure uh and obviously not playing shows is uh that's the bread and butter of what we do i mean yeah uh, that's that's been really tough for us but things are looking up and we've been optimistic so yeah we're in it with everybody else you know that's that's right. another thing we're all in it like we're not the only band, you know, every, it's everybody everyone. is yeah. on hold. So yeah, there's better crazy. comfort in that. Uh, is there anything in sight for you guys like on tour or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, there's definitely things in the works. I can't, I can't really say anything because right, there's fine. nothing confirmed and, uh, worked out. But, uh, for us, I want to say late, august maybe uh at least fall area uh we felt like that was probably like an appropriate time to you know where it'll be safe and Mm -hmm. uh, most other bands will be out so just kind of figuring out the right time i i personally would i really wanted to go in the summer uh but it's just so spread out there's like you know originally it was florida and then texas those were open right and then because we're all across the country living across the country for yeah. us to get together and then start traveling and, and playing. We have to like string, we have to make like a big deal of it. We got a tour, uh, you know, to recoup our plane tickets and stuff. So we couldn't really take a lot of the offers that were just kind of like one-offs. So it was a bummer, but, uh, I think, yeah, probably around the fall. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Are you guys, uh, are you like headlining now or are you still opening for people? Uh, both, okay. uh, definitely both. Yeah. I mean, I, ideally like for a band our size, like we would love to open for obviously larger acts. I think that'd be great exposure for us. Cause we're right. still kind of on this. Um, I can't, I don't want to say resurgence cause it's like, we've been around <laughs> for a while, but it's like, it feels like we're a new band. Uh, but we, we yeah, we'll definitely like headline. Like we've, you know, we've done it quite quite a bit in the past, and I mean, whatever makes sense, really. Yeah. 
Um, so coming up, what do you think if you if you were to tell yourself something when, about when you were younger, you know that you know now, what would you tell yourself? That's tough. It's funny you bring that up. I uh, I watched. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're hip to TikTok. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I was on there last night, and there was this uh, there's this old man who was like giving his like life advice. Like he's like really old, mm-hmm. so it's like he knows stuff. Right, right. And he was saying he said this quote, and it, it gets stuck with me all night. And I I don't I don't know if I'll forget it anytime soon. He was saying, uh, like relax calm down and just appreciate that you're alive and and i know that's really simple but i was like man like i do spend a lot of my time like stressing and darting around you know like multitasking and being you know overboard with work but uh if i were to tell myself like younger mike maybe like starting off in the earlier years of touring uh i know i spent a lot of time stressing like, guys, we got to be on time. Like, we got to have this lined up. We got to have this going on in the background. We got to plan for this. If I could just maybe enjoy it, like, dude, you're in Florida. Like, you're playing a show in Florida. It's beautiful. You know, or like, uh, like take a take a look at your scenery or enjoy the food. Like, taste actually taste the food. Don't just wolf it down before you go on stage. Like, maybe something like that. Yeah. But I've always been pretty good about uh, taking in the the scenery and stopping and pausing but maybe a bit more do you ever think because you mentioned that you were bullied like does that ever like go come in the back of your mind like i wonder what these guys think of me now you know what i mean uh yeah i mean i definitely struggle a lot with like social anxiety uh i definitely would probably categorize myself as like a people pleaser yeah. so that's definitely always something that's like lingering um and something i'm kind of coming to terms with as a an adult here is, uh, you know, you can't make everybody happy, but, uh, it definitely eats at me. I'd say. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know if I was bullied per se, but I think a lot of people, uh, kind of not doubted me, but just knew I wasn't going to be anything because no, I was a slacker in school, man. Like school was just not my (laughs) thing. Like I was last in my class and, um, I don't know. I just didn't see a future for me and I knew other people saw the same thing. And like now as I'm starting to build things, I think that just feeds my hunger to kind of prove people wrong, even though I don't really care, but I kind of (laughs) do. So it's like, it's a weird thing, man. No, I, I relate to that, uh, quite a bit like especially in school uh even in like my like earlier years of college like i i didn't like i knew i was like pretty much like competent at like getting good grades but it was not i don't know like there's this big roadblock in my brain where it's just like this is not useful this is like i'm not gonna do anything with this i see bigger and better things or are more creative outlets for me like i I just love being creative constantly Mm -hmm. and even in college, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I remember looking around, and I was like, I mean, I, I don't see any of this as appealing. Like maybe a yeah. firefighter, that would be kind of cool, maybe. But like, uh, I don't, I don't know if that would like, 
I don't know if that's like me at my full potential is some standard thing. I was like, I got to be creative. And that's like what you're doing, like with your, you know, your channel here. And uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like I, I pick and choose, you know, like what I want to focus on. And I just run with that. Like it's very one track. <laughs> yeah. And the stuff I do, it kind of just falls into my lap. You know, like uh, I was actually going to go into the army right out of high school. I was 19 when I graduated. Um, and then they sent me home. I was about to swear in that day. Wow. And they sent me home because I lied on one of the physical exams or, or the sheets or whatever. And then I didn't hear anything back from them. So I was like, all right, well, that didn't work out. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's like a life-changing like little event. <laughs> like You know, and it's the army, wow. man. Like I had to hype myself up to join, like to get in there. Right. Like to really yeah. tell myself like, hey, this is what we're doing. You yeah, know? that's and then, a big deal. Yeah, and then to hear that it just did, it just wasn't happening. I was like, "All right, what's next?" Then you take, <laughs> I just took on some dead end job, and then uh, I actually got into a personal training, and I loved it for the longest time. And then I thought that was what I was meant to do, and that's why I tell people it's just like sometimes something comes along where you think it's something that you're meant to do. But yeah. really, you're just there to help other people. And then sometimes that ride will end and then you're, a new one starts. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. like like now I have an online business uh, selling supplements and then I also have the podcast. So these are, these are two things that take up lots of my time. Plus, yeah. I also have a 40-hour-a-week job. Yeah. So, That's... dude <laughs> – yeah, no, Jug I'm right there juggling, with you for sure. Jug juggling at its finest, man. Yeah, I. Uh, that's it. That's how my job came about. Like uh, being an essential worker, it wasn't like something that uh, for FedEx. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, that was a weird way to word it. <laughs> An essential worker. Uh, I. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't I technically am FedEx. too. I do security, so I'm technically essential too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be, a, I used to be a PI. I was a security guard oh, for a while. Okay. So yeah. Kindred spirit. Uh, but yeah, like certain things will, yeah, like come your way. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like I work with my family. They all work like a lot of my family members work at FedEx and I mean, even like screaming in, in a band like that kind of, I mean, I got a call out of the blue to join convictions. It really wasn't like something that was like worked into me. I don't know. Like it wasn't like something I was conditioned for. I was doing other, projects and i was in another band and they just kind of came up and now here i am so how did they did they hear of you from like listening to going to a show or something how did they even know you know yeah you? uh so zach or drummer him and i kind of go back a little bit because he was in another band called run into the shadows uh a local band and but they actually did some tours they're they're much bigger than we were uh but uh <laughs> my band in high school would play with his band and so we knew of each other, like in the scene. Uh, and then at the funny thing, I actually auditioned for that band and I didn't get the part. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we were playing a lot of shows together. And then my last band, we like did this music video and uh, there's, we were pretty popular in the local area here. And uh, they had heard that and seen me in there and uh, we played shows together. So it was kind of like a, Hey, we know a guy. 
Man. Yeah, that really did fall into your lap. Yeah. But, I mean, it's all, like, baby steps. Uh, you know, like, one thing may lead to a, another opportunity. So, it's, you know, sometimes that's just how it works. Yeah, but then you think about how you came to, like, the Christian faith, like, just a little while before that, right? Or was it after that? Yeah, no, it was, uh, so about 2019 was when I accepted Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for about two years, I was doing my, my other band, uh, and pursuing that heavily. Like I was, you know, really trying to make that work. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, around that time, you know, I accepted God and, uh, it's so weird. I don't even know if they knew I was Christian. Now that I think about it. That's what I was thinking about. Uh, <laughs> would they, would they let you in if you weren't or not? Or like, uh, well, we're all, yeah, like we'd, yeah, we're all Christians, and, and I think that's like that's like the most ideal situation, just right. so that we can all, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if they knew I was Christian. That's kind of funny. Like I never really even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember it being really peculiar to me because uh, my dad he was taking me to church. Uh, I remember uh, telling him I was like, "Hey, I'm getting this audition to join this pretty popular Christian band." Uh, I think I'm going to try out and I think I might take the position if they offer it to me. Uh, aren't you excited? <laughs> like I thought he'd be stoked. Uh, and he wasn't actually, it was really ironic. He, he was like, I don't really think you should be doing that unless you're like all in, like yeah. if you're really about it, then go be about it. But you know, if it's just kind of this cool thing. Like you shouldn't be doing it because it's not, I don't think that's what God will want, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember sitting in the, in the driveway uh, after he told me that I was kind of crushed. He's like, wow, like it's almost like I have to be another person or I have to like really try and pursue this like wholeheartedly. It's like, I got to become another person. And that's where I will become that title came from. Uh, that's our first, that was like our debut full length. Um, so that whole experience stuck with me and uh, ran with it. I don't I don't know what else to add to that. <laughs> uh, do you do a lot of the writing or you guys write together? Both. Okay. Uh, typically, I- I'll start the writing process as far as lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Josh, our guitar player, he's like the predominant writer. Uh, him and I will, will bounce ideas back off, back and forth. Like for this record, for example, um, you know, I'd be like, hey, Josh, I got this incredible story from this awesome person. Uh I'm going to, I think I'm going to interview them and then, uh, we'll, you know, we'll start putting music together for this. Uh, and he'd be like, okay, what is it about? And then I'd tell him, and then he, he would kind of structure his music around, you know, the emotions that went behind that. So it was really a, a, um, a cool way of writing. Uh, I think I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, it was just like, <laughs> do you do more of the writing or do you guys do it? Oh, all together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but no, I will not take full credit for the, all the lyrics. No. Uh, everybody in the band contributes to the lyrics. Uh, we we try and have a very hands-on approach, uh, as well as our producer, which is like a first time we've had an outside person uh, get really involved. Uh, so it's all hands on deck as far as the lyrics. Um, even if I don't have uh, the the topic, like uh, the song Last Cell, that's all Zach. He that was his uh his story his interview that he conducted 
we all still help with that. Um, so it's all, you know, we all work together. What are, uh, some of your influences now? Uh, they're all over. Uh, I love pop music. I, I love top 40, like, uh, being such heavy, like so involved with metal, yeah. you hear it so much. And so it's so tricky not to just like these, like directly influenced by it. Right. So I, I, I like the idea of listening to other genres and music. Um, the man Slipknot is like still like one of my, it's probably like my favorite, I would say favorite bands. And like, I probably only listen to like two or three of their records and <laughs> they have a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Corey Taylor, man, that is, that's the dude. <laughs> man, he's just a different um, animal. You know, his writing is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for their new stuff. Uh, definitely Slipknot. Um, one like, low-key influence that i don't i don't really get a chance to talk about much uh it dies today oh yeah. that's an older band you yeah. might yeah you might know them yeah uh it dies today that vocalist nicholas brooks if you're listening man thank you for all the influence <laughs> you've given me <laughs> yeah i have uh their album art uh is tattooed on my shoulder and i actually got to show um show the guitar player's name is mike he lives in buffalo we were playing there and he was just, he just saw me at the show and I was fanboying hard. I was like, Oh my gosh, you're the guy. Like, I got to show you, like, stop your conversation with this guy. Look at this tattoo. You are the reason I'm here. <laughs> like, this yeah. is so incredible. Like such a nice guy. Um, but yeah, they're vocalists. He was definitely one of the major influences. And a lot of the way I sound now is so much like them. Like I still hear it. Yeah. Is that, is that kind of like who you, Base your scream like do you try to scream a certain way? Because I know I notice a lot now. It's it's less of the, of like the throat and mm-hmm. more of like the yell. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I I don't know. It's a bit all over. Um, I don't know. I I, I like the I, like old like hardcore influences, yeah. which I think maybe is what you're saying, like with the yelling stuff. Um. Uh, well, I just noticed with like a lot of a lot of bands, the way they're doing their okay. screaming is a lot of yelling, but it's still with the rasp. Oh, okay. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because then you can actually hear the um the words and the pronunciations a lot better. Yeah. Rather than I know when I was younger, um you get like the actual like throat stuff. Yeah. And it's like hi, 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 you know what I mean? Like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. A little haste today there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Like for me, like it's uh, it's hard uh, to stick with one uh, like sound and style. I'm so ADD that I'm just like grabbing all over the place. Right. Um, but uh, I, I definitely prefer more of like a raw approach. Um, I don't like to be super polished all the time. I like to kind of be a little more primal if I can. Uh, that was like a big uh, part in our newer music was uh, trying to be almost like a method actor where like, if I'm like yelling apart, I want to actually like yell it. Like I'm like, like you and I are in a big argument and I like, what would that sound like? You know, right, like yeah. that was kind of like some of the mindset I was in for the newer stuff and no, it's not good for your voice, but I think it sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. All right. So I got some um, Instagram questions for you. 
I had sure. people sure. had people reach out and got some questions for you. Um, what is your favorite song right now? Ooh, uh, Maya has a song called Outsider. I like that song. Okay, I sing that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do you when you like driving and stuff? Do you scream along to the music in oh, your yeah. car? Yeah, that's like the only time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard when I'm home because I. I love my brother and his girlfriend and like, I'm not trying to freak them out. <laughs> Dude. I mean, it's the same here with my wife. Like I have to wait till she like leaves the house. Yeah. And you're you know like, what I, mean? out I don't want to, I don't like, want to, yeah. I don't want to like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. Even like when I'm driving, like it's like, I'm like looking at like make at the stop sign. I'm like, okay, nobody can see me. Let's go. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> It's so funny though, because like I play shows like all the, you know, like it's like, why would I, why would this bother me? But it's like, I'm, I'm training. Like they can't see me train or right. something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Practice in silence. Yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite tattoo? How many tattoos tattoos do you have? Uh, quite a few. Uh, I mean, some of them are much like, like I have like a I'm working on a full sleeve. I have my chest it still needs to be finished. My whole ribs. Um, so it's like hard to put a number on that. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is one, this is, yeah. you know, like, uh, my favorite is probably the sleeve I'm working on right now. It's like all Japanese influenced. Uh, I got that to commemorate when we toured, uh, in Japan. That was like a big landmark for me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I think my next one, cause I only have two right now. I have a cross on my back and it says truth. Mm-hmm. And then I have, um, uh, a dagger going through a rose on my ribs and it's oh, like dripping cool. blood yeah, a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> what did you grow up listening to and is it different now uh it's tough to tough to call uh i mean i guess to put it all in a nutshell probably just rock music uh anywhere from alternative grunge in my earlier years to punk to metal it's pretty much all rock if you want to put under an umbrella yeah uh the thing is like i love listening to older music that i liked as a, as a young like when i was younger uh like I, lately i've noticed like blindside yeah and that was like one of my gateway bands when i was like seventh grade and i'm like man this still really hits or like it old does. pod or old limp biscuit for me like i love that or uh slipknot like it just it's uh, it's like nostalgic and even if it feels like a guilty pleasure, it's like, this is still awesome. And I know what it, I appreciate it for what it is. So yeah, I don't know. New yeah, metal. exactly. <laughs> I went, I went through a little bit of that, uh, like just last week, you know, I was listening to like Hawthorne Heights and AFI, nice. uh, blindside stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> um, but right now, like, right. Like as I got older, I was just like, dude, like what you like. Because yeah. I like everything from like my my dad's a big bluegrass guy, so I grew okay. up listening to bluegrass and I hated it. But then <laughs> as I got older, I started I started to love it. So I love bluegrass and hearing like a mandolin and stuff like that. And yeah. um, like I can go from I can go from the heaviest poly possible band you can think of, even yeah. when even when I'm working out, to Whitney Houston. That's my girl. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I'm right there with you. Like, 
Justin Bieber one one song. Oh yeah. Slipknot the next. Like oh, yeah, it's just man. whatever whatever goes. Uh do you have a role model? If so, who is it? Oh man. Um uh, yeah, no uh Jake Lurs, man. That dude is awesome. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I love what he's doing with heart support. Love his band. He's like in his gym. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah, definitely a role model for sure. Yeah. I actually think he's probably the because I think he did when he was doing reactions for a little bit mm-hmm. um at the like the beginning of COVID. And I, I think he did you guys I think he did the Price of Grey song. If he did, I, you better send a link because I didn't get that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Or some, I don't know. Maybe it been something else. I don't know. I remember he he was crying to it. So I don't. I can't remember what it was. Oh, man, but I, I see that that'd be that would trip me out. I know that he's heard us because uh, we we work with heart support a little bit. Okay. And uh, we've emailed a little bit back and forth, and he had reached out to us, and it was it was pretty awesome. Where we I was really taken back by that. He listened to us. It was really nice of him. Um. And what's been your highest of highs and your lowest of lows? Uh, man, <laughs> uh, highest of highs would definitely be some of our overseas touring, uh, like s- selling out Russia, uh, Budapest, uh, sold out Romania, sold out like some of these, like sold out overseas shows where we wouldn't, uh, expect to do well. in. those are definitely some of the highest of highs. Like it's incredible. Uh, lowest of lows. Maybe getting our van and trailer stolen when we were uh, uh, playing a festival in Texas. Uh, it was like, that's like highest of high, lowest of lows. Because it's like, we did this incredible festival in front of all these people. And it was really a big moment for us. And then 24 hours later, we're stranded in a hotel and everything's taken from us. That was tough. That Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh what kind of advice do you have for someone like maybe in a band or, you know, what to do with that? Um, it's a good question. Uh, big thing, uh, is a big thing I would say is asking yourself, um, why, why you're playing music or, or what you want to accomplish. Um, and I guess like what you're willing to sacrifice for that. Those are like the three big ones i would say um you know like you gotta dig a little bit deeper below the surface i think with some of these quite you know like some of those three like uh why you're playing music like oh because it's cool you know and it's yeah, like eh, right like you're probably just gonna you know and that you might play music for a little bit and it's like okay whatever and that's fine like that's great like hey do your thing um or if you're really trying to like do something you know like change something or or uh, contribute something that's a that's a those are probably my three biggest questions that i would like say is like advice in a weird right. way yeah yeah because i think you know i don't Soul searching i don't know how many people start bands nowadays because you know someone told me the other day um because you know back when we were younger it was like everyone was in a band yeah oh know? yeah MySpace. But, but now <laughs> yeah but now everyone's got a podcast. So like podcasting seems like the new band thing. It's funny you say that. I, I, I had another, I was on another podcast and someone said 
I think a couple people said like the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Two, two other people I've talked to, they're like, everybody's got podcasts. I'm like, I, really? Like I didn't, it doesn't really, maybe cause I'm like lumped into the general public right, and right. you're in the podcast scene. If this is, if that's yeah. a thing. Well, are you, <laughs> are you like a big, big, uh, podcast listener? Do you listen to a bunch of podcasts at all? When I can, uh, yeah. it's really tough for me. Cause like, I'm, I'm very busy. I can't have music or anything at work. There's yeah. just like, there's like a strict, no cell phone, uh, thing there. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm, home here like when i'm not working it's just like all convictions business so it's it's really tough um but i love true true crime doc, uh podcasts i love um like morbid facts and like really like, out there stuff like yeah, uh yeah. conspiracies those are always fun um those are some of my my big ones oh another one that i really really like is uh um it's called uh disgraceland have you heard of that no, I haven't heard of that one. Really big one. Uh, that that's one of that, that one's like VH uh, one's behind the music, but okay. if that was like a podcast with like a lot more dirt, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the dark side for sure. Yeah, because I listen to like all comedy. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I think that's like, like the most laughter I get throughout my day because I'm so serious and like, um, you know, trying to make sure I do certain things throughout the day. Yeah. That you know this just gives me like a laugh. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I'll listen to the politics. Sometimes, uh, I'll listen to like Rogan. Uh, but other yeah. than that, yeah, other than that, um, that's about it. But, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, it's, it's funny how a lot of people don't realize how big podcasting is, is because they don't really listen to podcasts at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I definitely think that like comedy thing you mentioned is uh is a really good idea because uh as I said before like the morbid true crime stuff I think I listen to that stuff way too much <laughs> and I actually I, I was telling my girlfriend the other day I was like I have to chill on this because it was like I think I was like brushing my teeth first thing in the morning and it was like and so the decapitated corpse was on the ground and I'm like this is how I'm starting my day <laughs> like I'm like what am I doing like yeah but it's like yeah. So maybe maybe a bit of comedy would be good. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, is there anything uh anything new, anything that you wanna plug or anything like that? Uh I mean, right now we're we're riding the uh I won't survive wave and we're we're yeah. pushing that. So uh, you know, if you're listening, please check it out on all streaming platforms. Uh you can find us on Instagram at, at Commissions Rock. Or our website, uh, conviction, convictionsrock.com. That was my alarm going off to remind me to do the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you could uh, listen to our music, share with a friend, uh, or leave a comment at the least, that would be greatly appreciated. And we love the, the feedback. Yeah, man. And I'm definitely getting some merch. And I'm hoping you guys come around Philly area. Oh, for sure. I think that's actually... I, can't confirm right but i'm pretty sure that's uh that's on the horizon awesome man all right mike man i appreciate you doing this yeah man thanks for uh working with my hectic schedule man oh no problem (laughs) all right man have a great rest of the day hey you too man i appreciate you